Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We believe that you made a great decision to come to church. We, we are excited. I'm telling you, we're an excited people. We're an excited group. Uh, you're going to hear some amens, and that's good. Listen, we're not in a season where the, where, where the church people need to be intimidated about their praise. There's a lot of stuff going on, and we need a lot of God's help. And so it's in that, in that thought process that we ain't trying to be uh, just timid, just thinking, just attending. Come on. I don't know about you, but I need some answers. I got some prayer requests. There's some things going on in our life. And, and listen, we're, we're, we're building a new building. We're very excited about that opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, we are actually just, we, we bought, purchased some land and so we're remodeling it. And man, people have been texting me uh, all week. Um, uh, a man uh, was on a job and they were going to put in these uh, uh, automatic flushers and they didn't want them and so he was like I know a church that wants them and so when people are bringing us well I got I've gotten calls all week from people in different industries saying yo listen man we want to help you guys we'll get you we'll buy this stuff at cost we'll do this we'll do this come on that's good that's good and so you don't have to worry about us reaching out to you because we're going to <laughs> uh, and so but we just believe that God is doing something. And listen, as we are obedient, I believe we're going to marvel at all that happens. We, we are going to marvel at what God does. Because I'm convinced this building that... God don't care about the church building. We are the church. You understand that? I mean, we didn't come and start the house so that we would have an impressive building because we could be the number one married site in northwest Arkansas. You understand what I'm saying? My goal wasn't to be on every Instagram post and everybody go, ah! we want to have a training facility that people can be trained and, and God can move and people can be healed and, and God, God's working. Does that make sense? And so we need more room because there are more people that are struggling. So it was never about a building. But I do believe that in the Old Testament, God used physical things to show us spiritual truths. And I believe as you begin to see this building transform, I am praying that you're able to look at your own heart and go, yo, am, am I transforming? Is God doing some stuff in me? And as I saw something that was really, I'm going to be honest, the building that we bought is ugly. It's, it's ugly. I mean, it's nasty. I'm like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be a gift you give your enemy. <laughs> but we are going to turn it around. Yeah. Because that's what God does. He takes broken, ugly things and makes them what? Beautiful. That's what he does. And so here's the deal. You, this last week, you may have thought, I've acted kind of ugly. Pass the building and go, okay, I see you. Because in six months, you're going to be like, what? And I'm hoping that in six months, people look at you and go, what? You're not even like you used to be. You, you know. I had some reconstruction up in there. And I think it's important. 
And so y'all be praying. Y'all be praying about the building. Be praying about uh, favor. Be praying about, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we just believe that God's going to do great things. And we are continually going to mention, not because we want to extract anything. I believe that God will put it on your heart. And as you're obedient to give, it's going to happen. But I just want you to know that, listen, anytime we have an opportunity to use this as an example, we're going to. And we want to honor and praise God for it. Come on, y'all give the Lord some hands. Hand clap. How do you want your life to look? How do you, if you, everybody's on Pinterest, everybody's Googling stuff, everybody's like, I want my room to look like this. I want my, you know what I'm saying, my car to look like this. I want my house, my yard. Any yard people, come on, you're a yard person, be honest. Like you want your, like the, you, you don't just, you know, trim. You don't just edge. You like have inches. You're like, that isn't deep enough. We need like a six-inch depth here. Like, you got a water trough around your yard. You know what I'm You're collecting rain. Like, there are some people that you're, you're just, like, you want it to look good. And, and here's what I want you to say. God wants your heart and your health and your spiritual life to look good. And for us, if we were going to say, how do we want to look as a Christian? We would definitely, if you've been to church for a while, we would say we want to transform to the image of Christ. That would be the right answer. You know what I'm saying? A, transform and look like Thor. B, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but the right answer for a believer is we want to be in the image of Christ. And, and can I just tell you that that's a process. It doesn't happen quick. It doesn't happen quick. God can um, supernaturally start the process at the altar, but it takes character, commitment, it takes time to begin to unearth things that life and decisions put in us. And I just want to tell you, for anybody who's feeling a little bit discouraged about where you are in your season, uh, uh, just relax. God's got you. He's got a plan for you. It's going to move forward. It, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. Come on. Come on. Can I talk to any young moms in the room? You know, just because you're not sleeping don't mean you ever, you, you are going to sleep one day. One day until the kids start driving, then you ain't sleeping again. But anyway, it's this, it's this, it's this idea. It's this, you're going to sleep one day, and I'm just telling you, you're going to get through this. You know, I don't know your stories. I wish we could sit down and have a coffee conversation with every person that comes in. But I have no idea the trauma that you have faced, the hurts that you've dealt with, the pain that you have experienced. But I know this, that God wants to build something in your life that is beautiful, safe, and useful. That's what God wants to do. Something that's beautiful, takes his ashes. Nobody takes a picture of a burning building and go, aw. You know what I'm saying? God wants to reconstruct and produce something beautiful in your life. He wants to make you a safe individual, mentally, spiritually, more safe. And then he wants to make you useful. So how does something become beautiful, safe, and useful? Well, if you're going to do that, if you're going to produce that, then you've got to deal with the dirty. Yeah. That's, the, that's the bottom line. And, and nothing gets better if you don't deal with the dirty. Come on, everybody say deal with the dirty. We like to avoid dirty. 
Let's be honest. We don't want to jump in the mud. We don't want to jump in the dirt. We don't want to have the hard conversations. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it is uh, a dirty car, dirty clothes, dirty closet, dirty home, dirty habits, or dirty details. We don't like the dirty. Because then it requires something from us if we're going to get in there and we're going to deal with the dirty and we're going to clean it out. My assignment today is clean it out. We're going to have to clean out some stuff. In order to go forward, you're going to have to clean out some stuff in your life. Let me give you two verses real quick that I think will set up the context of our conversation. First John chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse, everybody say cleanse, us from all unrighteousness. In other words, can I tell you, I appreciate that you read self-help blogs. I appreciate that you want to get better. I appreciate that you are living disciplined. But I need you to know that you can't clean yourself up. There's only one that can clean yourself up and to clean you up. And it is when you confess that you begin to be clean. Hiding isn't cleaning. Come on. Stuff under your bed. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Yes, come, on. come on. Listen, the closet, how many of you have ever had people come over and you're like, I know they won't look in the closet. <laughs> I'm just going to shut the closet. And so you're like, <laughs> you don't even know if you can open it again, but you're like, if I can't, they can. <laughs> We're good. If you want to be cleansed, you confess. Psalms chapter 32 verse 1 says this, blessed. Everybody say blessed. I know that it's a crazy culture and people don't believe that God wants to bless us. But the truth of the matter is countless times in the Bible, God says, I do want to bless you, but he's not trying to bless you out like dollar bills, y'all, holla. But what he is trying to do is when you come into his order, you get his blessing. Order precedes blessing. In other words, God is so into wanting to multiply your life that if you do it his way, he'll get the glory for his way. And then you'll be into increase in places that people didn't think you could. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Blessed is the one whose transgressions. Okay? Maybe that's not an everyday word that you use in the hizzy is, uh, uh, wife, you have transgressed. Husband, you have transgressed. Children, you have transgressed. But the Bible uses that word a lot. And what it means is it is sin. It is we have offended and operated in offense towards God. And we have crossed over the law. So God gave us the law. Come on, everybody at home. God gave us the law. And the law was written not to control us but to protect us. God said, if you don't do this, 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 and this, he gave us 10. And then he gave us a lot of other little principles and covenants and whatever. And, and, and what he would say is, hey, listen, if you don't do these, your lives are going to be better. Well, we don't believe that. The law's passed away. Doesn't matter. Great. Let's talk about just a few of the 10. Honor God. We can skip a few. Don't have an affair. Don't steal from you. Don't steal. Don't, 
Don't always have an attitude about your neighbor. Don't lie. You're, how has that gone away? I promise you, if you do all of these, people are going to hate you. Your life is not going to be better. God set these up to protect you. Now, we are under a new covenant. Jesus' blood covers that. So it's not heavy. We're not getting in based on our merits or our work or, or if we were born in, um, you know, as a Jew. But the truth of the matter is, listen, God has redeemed us. But it doesn't mean that these concepts are, still don't produce order in our lives. God has an order, and when we follow those, we are blessed. So when we transgress, so it's a line, when we cross over that as if it's not important anymore, we have transgressed. And so God begins to keep an account of us crossing over. And so what makes us right? So here's what we know. Every time we transgress the law, we get heavy our heart gets hard, our soul gets dark. And little by little, here's what compromise does. Compromise begins to shut down the light in our life. And then we start to get a little tacky. Come on, anybody, don't put, don't, we're a no nudging church. Don't nudge. Get a little tacky, get a little hard, get a little defensive, get a little, get a little, get a little, ah. Uh, and like everything is ah. Uh, and you get a little fight, a little feisty, a little angry, a little, uh, because, that's what sin does. Okay? So I, I don't know about you. We're just talking about cleaning stuff out. Um, it, how many of you are really good cleaners? Let's just be honest. Like you're the people that we all want to be, but we're not. Okay? You are just a great cleaner. You are wonderful. You just wake up with a song in your heart and a Swiffer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, though, I'm going to tell you my story of cleaning. I am now an 85% cleaner. I'm an 85%. I'm going to pick up my stuff about 85% of the time. I'm going to get my socks, 85, my cereal bowl. I have, you are seeing a man that has grown. Okay. And, and I, I, you, you can clap for that if you want. I would, thank you. At home, we hear you too. Um, in high school, I was a 35%er. I was a 35%er at most. I had no idea uh, where my stuff was. I had no idea where I was. Come on, half the time. Anybody understand? And, and so uh, it, it just felt like the floor was created for me to put stuff. It was just like, oh, that's fun. And so when I went to college, I grew to 50%. I'm a 50% 50, I'm a 50 cleaner and got better. And then... Uh, I, I remember us dating, and it's crazy. When we were dating, Katie never led with conversations that started with cleaning. Like, that was never a topic of our romantic dating. You know what I'm saying? We're going to a nice restaurant, and she's like, so I just want to talk about something. Like, we never talked about it, but it was funny. Like once we got married, we talked about it all the time. <laughs> it was a regular conversation. And so in year one, I remember uh, Katie coming in and going, hey, babe, your shoes are in the living room. 
And I, being naive, Steve, was like, awesome, thank you, I can find them. I was like, thank you for reminding me. Look at my helper helping me. Look at my helper. This is going to be great. We're probably going to do this for a really long time. It's going to be awesome. That year, I grew 5%. Year two. Year two was a little different because she was like, it was not, ah, bah. it was more like, hey, your socks are in the living room. <sighs> I was like, ah. And so, and so I, was, I was not naive Steve anymore. I was just distracted Steve. So I was like, oh, my wife got asthma now? I, like you wheezing or something. I don't know. It's great. Found my socks. Got them. Thank you. Needed them. Uh, but maybe I need to go pick this up really quick and get you some emergency because you, you just, lungs are low. Lungs are. Ah. Then I grew me about 5%. Then years 3 to 11, the tone was a little different even still. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit like, guess what I found in the living room? And I'm like, TV couch. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. And she's like, your socks. And I was like, uh, uh, are we doing this? Come on. And then justification Steve showed up. And I was like, you leave out stuff too. And she's like, yeah, but I clean my stuff up. And I'm like, I do too. Eventually. <laughs> so I had to grow. Had to grow. Then, uh, then uh, about year 11 through uh, 15 years of marriage, I started jumping up to like a 70 percenter. And my wife started having hope <laughs> again. Uh, and now I just want you to know after 19 years of marriage, I am an 85 percent cleaner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you may not think that's a big deal, but I made C's all growing up. So 85, 85%, I'm like making B's in this. I'm feeling good. I can think I can retire right here. Um, but I, I got to be honest, what, what did it for me is I began to have more lives in the house. And not only was it my one or two items or three in spaces they did not belong. But now we had four children. And all of them had three or four items that they did not belong. And here's what I found out is I really did value a clean environment. I really did want to see my house clean. And here's the deal. For many of us, you have no idea what your spiritual life could look like. If you begin to clean the junk that's holding you back, and what if the marriage issue isn't just an issue about personality? What, is if, what if it's an issue of junk? What if the family struggle right now isn't the issue that we're busy? I'm not saying that's not part of it, but what, is it, what, what if it's the junk that's being stored that God, come on, wants to remove. For me, it was a huge process to learn to deal with the dirty. And I think this, I think in our spiritual life, if we will deal with the dirty, then God will have our spiritual lives thrive.
We are all plagued with unrighteousness. All of us deal with it. It doesn't matter who you are. We're all plagued with that because of sin. And because of sin, we fight being ugly, unsafe, and useless. I know you're like, I just met you and you calling me ugly? Google review. But if you'll stay with me for just a second, I think I can explain it in a way that you will go, you know what, I see that. The reason sin makes us ugly is because when we, when we engage in continual sin and those activities of sin, then what it does is it makes us ugly to our friends. It makes us ugly to our family, to relationships, because every decision is motivated by me first. It's what I want. And so what that looks like is it's my way, it's controlling, it's whatever. And now we're actually unattractive to the people that God has put us in, in, in contact with because when the flesh leads, when self leads, it's unattractive. Sin makes us unsafe. Why is that? Because that's why we, as a church body, stand for righteousness and holiness. And there will always be a group of Christians that try to make sin acceptable. Oh, it doesn't matter. And they, they, they think that, you know what, that there can actually be cool Christians. God never challenged us to be cool Christians. He challenged us to be fruitful Christians. And cool is very subjective because it's based on culture, but fruit is based on influence and investment. And God never wanted you to come under being cool. God wanted you to come under being fruitful. And I promise you, for those that you are helping hold the ladder and they climb up, their life is being changed because of your efforts and they think you are cool. They think you are an important figure in their life. For us, the Bible tells us, don't, 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 don't call good. Don't, don't call what is evil good. And so how do we live with the tension of this? Because promoting any type of sin is dangerous to ourselves and to others. And sin doesn't look good, come on, on us. And when we let it accumulate in our heart, we get super heavy. Lastly is that sin is, it, it makes us useless. And in a world, especially in Northwest Arkansas, where we all want to be productive, like we all want to be next level, where we all want to manage well, be focused, answer problems, think through scenarios. Here's what the Bible says. It says that sin will affect your quality of work. And it will greatly diminish your fruitfulness. It actually says that unconfessed sin will kill your productivity. Romans chapter 1 verse 28. Look at this. It says this. And since they did not see to acknowledge God, he gave them up to a debased mind. What does that mean? That means a mind that rejected and reduced God's order. To do what ought not to be done. In other words, here's the deal. It, 
sin can actually affect your ability to produce the gift that God put in you. Can I tell you today that God doesn't want to touch your heart? He wants to clean it. He wants to clean it. The good news is this, and I know that it kind of feels a little heavy and you're like, oh, I didn't know. But the good news is that God sent Jesus to deal with the dirty. Like God, that's, that's the beauty of the gospel is that God provided a way where there was no way and Jesus came to take care of the dirty, dirty. So that the, 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 there could be this transformation in your life where the ugly, the unsafe, and the useless actually becomes the beauty, the safe, and the useful. The Bible says that our body is a temple of the Lord. Can I tell you that God can't build something unless we are willing to let him remove the old stuff? So let's talk about our building. We bought this building, and, um, and the, the people who were there before us left some stuff. And we spent a whole day getting everything out of the room and putting it in the middle of the auditorium. And, and I just want to show you a little picture. Go ahead and show them a little picture of what's in the auditorium. Is, um, so, so here's the deal. It, it's everywhere. <laughs> Let me go and, get, go, go, go and show them the next picture. It's just, it's just, now here's what I want you to know. We can't wait to build. But we can't. We, can't, we cannot build what we believe God wants until we clean it out. How many people are sitting in church believing that there's a dream on their heart, God has something for them to do, God wants them to take a next step, but here's where they're at. And here's the thing, God is not like clean up, shape up before you come. He's like, yo, come. But if you don't open your heart to me and let me begin to remove all of this stuff, I can never build and change and transform this old environment into new production. Come on, does that make sense? To new productive production, something that will work. There's a lot of junk in the building. We're just going to leave that up because I'm letting you see our junk. But when's the last time you took inventory of yours? When's the last time you, you've dealt with the dirty? You confessed the sin. You said, God, come in and clean me. So here's the questions as you look at this picture, even online, as you look at this. Here is my questions. What is being stored in your heart or mind that needs to be removed? What is just keeping space? What doesn't fit you anymore? That, that's my old. Come on, that's my old card. That's my own deal. I, and I'm just keeping that just in case. No, 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 no. You, God is done. You've been clothed in victory, not in defeat, in abundance and not poverty, in freedom and not offense. And you know what? Some of that stuff you need to go on and get rid of because you ain't going back to that no more. God can't build something new in your life. Unless you're willing to open the door of your heart and remove all the junk and let him in.
So you may say, we got to get that out. Just, just tell me. All of us together, one, two, three, we got to get that out. One, two, three. We get that out. Well, we're going to. We're going to. Go in the next slide. Listen, September the 18th, we got a cleaning day. We got a cleaning day. And so come on, put it. Hey, hey, listen. Uh, thank you. I feel like I'm Tiger Woods and y'all were on the golf course. Come on, let's put it together. Physical representations, spiritual truths. I believe as we meet on the 18th and we begin to clean this building out, if that looks like dumpsters, if that looks like trailers, if that looks like whatever, but we're going to haul that out because here's the deal. We really can't go forward with plans with all the junk in the church. Sir, ma'am, college student, young person. God can't really go forward unless you let him come in and clean it up. And that's what he wants to do. The Bible actually tells us that rebuilding begins when we confess our sin. Let me say it this way. When it comes to sin, whatever we reveal, God can heal. Whatever we conceal will peel away our moral stability. I'm going to say it again. Whatever we reveal, God can heal. Whatever we conceal will peel away our moral stability. We're going to get into a portion of scripture here in a second. By someone who really messed up. Like really bad. Because I want to take the pressure. And I, I would hate for you to come thinking that we are calling you out. Because we're not. That's why the Bible gave us so many examples that overcame incredible sin. But yet still did what God wanted them to do. As examples to you ain't as jacked up as you think you are. Come on somebody. Every person I meet has purpose. Every person has a call on their life. But because of hurt, because of sin, and because of shame, unnecessary junk is stored up in our heart. That junk weighs us down and it makes us hard. Compromise will slow or stop what God has for you. And so here's the thing. There is a, a king in the Bible named King David. And he is, uh, King David, uh, he had incredible victories, right? Incredible victories. He was the dude that killed the giants, lots of giants, one with the stone, and then, and then he just went on a giant killing thing. He was just, he's just the man. Uh, he had songs written about him. Saul had thousands. David had ten thousands. It was really popular on Spotify. It was just really, whatever. Um, and so... Here is, we're about to look at a, a, a scripture, Psalms 51. Psalms 51, they're going to put that up. And, um, I, and, and I'll tell you, let me just tell you what happened before we get into this. Is um, David had an affair, killed the woman's husband, then married her. That's what we're dealing with. 
Okay, so everybody's been frustrated uh, over the last however with politics and press the president, president, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So let me just let me just tell you this. David is the king, okay? And he sees this girl bathing. And he's like, he's supposed to be at war. He didn't go to war. He was like, hey girl, <laughs> won't you come over? And uh, and and so he had relations with her, and, uh, and she got pregnant. And so he's like, this is not good. So he calls the captain of the army and says, hey, I want you to put old girl's husband at the front. I want you to charge. Then when we're in battle, I want you to back up. And the dude's like, well, he'll die. And David's like, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's the deal. So, so in this Psalms 51, this is the emo version song of Second uh, Samuel chapter uh, 10, verse whatever. And uh, th- this is the, the the emo version of that. Yeah, I'm not a singer, but I'm gonna do this. Give, give me the core, give me the G. I was all alone. The battle was raging. My warriors were gone, fighting for their king. I saw a girl. She was already married. I invited her over. Everything went wrong. So I had to kill Uriah Nathan called me a liar and now I'm repenting to the most higher that's it that's all I got listen while you're clapping while you're clapping Nick and Symphony last night got engaged because Nick proposed Yeah, that was totally ridiculous. And if you come back, it won't be that bad. I just, I don't know what to tell you. I just need you to get the emotion in the text. Because sometimes we read the Bible like a textbook. But this is a song that David wrote. And we are looking at his journal. Right? If we looked at some of y'all's journal, we would think, you crazy. Just be honest, because our journals are like, it's great, it's terrible, it's great, it's terrible, it's great. <laughs> this is that. And, 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 and as we read it, I want to give you four important thoughts from King David about cleaning your heart. Four important thoughts. Psalms chapter 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Can I tell you today, I don't know how you came. I don't know if you're uh, thinking about last year. I don't know if you're thinking about last night. I don't know if you're thinking about last weekend. I don't know if you're thinking about that conversation at last Christmas. But here's what I need you to know. David had messed up. But his 
The first important thing that we see is that David remembers God's mercy and love. The Bible says that God's kindness will draw you to repentance. And God, God has so much grace and so much patience. Like he's not like any of us, right? And David knew that I'm about to walk into a confession. I'm about to tell you all the things that I've really done. But I'm not going to forget your nature. And the reason that I can tell you the deep things that make me look really bad is because I know that your mercy and your love is unbounding and it covers me. Can I tell you that today... If you confess your sins, you're not walking into the principal's office. Can I tell you today that there is no warden ready to put you in jail? Can I tell you that if you have an open heart and allow your heart to be open to the Lord, what you come in is you see his mercy and his kindness and his goodness. And all throughout this book has been a redemptive story of what God wanted to do to save us. Don't allow... Those hard, terrible moments to keep you from opening your heart and letting the junk come out. His mercy and His grace and His love flows over you. It is to you and He has enough. Well, you don't know what I've done, but you don't know how much He has. The question isn't what you've done. The question is what he has to give you. Come on. The second thing. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. Against you and only you I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in the words and blameless in your judgment. For behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Here is the second important thought. Is first, David remembered God's mercy and love. But second, he recognized his own sin and called it evil. See, we're in a culture that is better at assessing everybody else than ourselves. We want everybody to be a higher standard. We want our politicians and pastors and bosses and parents and jobs and kids. And we want everyone else to be better. But we give a lot of space for us. And if we're really going to walk through transformation, if we're really going to let God clean it out, I love the fact that David doesn't shuck the responsibility. He doesn't say it wasn't me. He doesn't say it was a, a girl was bathing naked. What you want me to do? You created me. I'm all man, baby. He took responsibility for what he did, and he called it what it was. And I tell you that you will never be free of that addiction. You'll never be free of that violence, that anger, that oppression, that all the things. If you don't call it what it is. Come on. I got to call it what it is. 
even last night, Katie and I were talking, and I said, we were just talking, like, you know, like chat, bed talk, we were just talking, and I said something, and out of my heart, she was like, you really think that? And I was like, oh my God, I really think that. Like, like that's wrong, and I'm wrong, and I got to get that out, and I got to find out why I think that way, because that's wrong. But so many times, we're looking for excuses. You hear what I'm saying? And we, and we pivot, and we don't deal with the stuff that's in us. And David just comes in and says, listen, he gives us theology. He says, I was born into it, and you are. Adam and Eve fell. And because of their fall, sin now is in all of us. That's why, that's why it's so funny to have religious church people judge somebody else. You, <laughs> you just as bad. Like God doesn't have levels in sin. All sin is the same and we are all falling short of his glory and we all need the same amount of mercy. And so if anybody should give more grace and understanding is the fact that it is believers. Yeah. It's hard to reconcile, walk in love, speak the truth. Yeah. That's a hard tension. But the Bible says that love covers sin and truth grows people to maturity. We don't slap an attack with truth and then love them if they change. We love them and then they grow into adulthood. Come on, help me. Recognize your sin. Recognize how evil. Listen, come on, listen. Small things, small things. We have so many people in this season of sickness and co- whatever. And so, yes, we've been focusing on the disease, but there's been another disease of addiction and brokenness and anger, abuse. All of these things have come out. And here's what I'm telling you. We will never change if we don't label it. This is sin. This is evil. And it will not produce great things in my life. Come on. The third thing. Let's look at this. Behold, you delight in truth in my inward being. And you teach me, you teach me, you teach me, you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purging me with hyssop. So some of you are like, oh, hyssop. Hyssop is is an herb. And it was an herb used for purity. I I, I don't, if you want to go back to Exodus... They, dis- they dipped the hyssop branch in the blood and they put it on the doorpost and the spirit passed over. You remember that? Okay. And what did they do? That They hit it and when the hyssop branch had the blood on it and it hit the doorpost, the aroma came. He was talk- David's talking about purity. Look at this. Purge me with hyssop. And I shall be cleansed. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And um, let me hear the joy of your gladness. And let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Here is the fourth thing that I think helps us when we are about to clean out the junk in our life. Is that we have to rejoice in correction. So, so the first thing is David remembered God's mercy. The second is he recognized I did sin and I did evil. And the third is this. Now 
I'm rejoicing in the fact that you're correcting me. Can I tell you that it would be crazy for us to remove the junk and invite the old church to watch us? We're cleaning your mess. That, you know what I'm saying? Like that would be weird. And we're not going to do that because it's weird. When God begins to want to move our junk, we don't go, uh, but, but, but my dad did that, but my mom did that, but this is what happened. But that, uh, we, and, and now we begin to justify and we fight correction and God's like, yo, I'm just trying to build something better in your life. I need you to let that go. I need you to let that argument go. Come on, I need you to let some stuff go. And I need you to let me do it and let me correct you. In fact, the Bible says, fathers... If you do not correct your children, you break them. Obviously, we're talking about parenting. We're talking about the Bible's full parents. It talks about correction. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about correction. Don't send me no email. But I am telling you that way too many people do not want to stand in the fire and have a hard conversation and say, we're not going to act like that. And you being able to do that shows more love than you taking them to Chuck E. Cheese. God didn't call you to just make them smile. He called you to make them fruitful. The Bible says... That for us, God loves those he corrects. This generation is the same as every generation. They see correction as rejection. If you don't like what I did, then you don't like me. <laughs> that is not true. There are some people that, I want to tell you, I really like you. I think you're a great person. I don't like what you did. I don't like what you said. I don't even like that shirt. <laughs> I'm be honest. We got to get to the place. And the reason that we believe that way is because of years of trying to heal our inner self. God doesn't want you to heal your inner self. You cannot heal your inner self. I don't care. Listen, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about against therapy or counseling or anything. But I am telling you that you can't heal you. You've got to transform. And so what happens is God gives you his identity. And then you begin to think like a son and a daughter. He puts a robe on your back, puts a ring on your finger. He calls you the beloved. Like that is what happens. And if you're trying to do it any other way. Way, then you may can do two or three years. But after that, there's going to be a trigger and there's going to be a tank. Because you weren't made to do that. Come on. How many people rejoice in correction and rejoice in correction? Rejoice. And that's one of the reasons here. When you come to our church for an extended, we're not praying that you come to church here for one Sunday. We're asking you to give us a year. In a year, where is God going to take you? In a year, what, what is God going to do? I'm asking you for a year because here's what we know. Everyone needs to be in a church where you are known, 
loved and challenged. And if you are only in a church where you are known, loved, and encouraged, I don't need to go to the doctor and really I need to change my eating habits because my heart is bad. But him encourage me and say, it's still mostly good. You're mostly doing okay. I think you're going to have a great five years. I need you to tell me what I need to fix because I got, does that make sense? And so for all of us, that is the, what the church does. The church, the message that is preached should get into your business. It shouldn't avoid your business. It should challenge your thinking. It shouldn't be all like, this is, I I can take it or leave it. It should cause you to make a decision because that's what Jesus did when he spoke. He made people make decisions, choices. Choose this day who you will Come on. And I promise you this. As you make choices, there will be transformation and your life will start to thrive. Allow correction. The fourth thing in this, and then we're almost done. Ben, y'all can call and come up. It says, hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. I love this last one. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Here is the last lesson that we see David do is he returns to purity. He returns to purity. The Beatitudes tell us that blessed are those who are pure in heart because they will what? The Bible says they will see God. And listen, we cannot raise up a generation of young people that sit in church and they've never seen God. They've never seen God move. They've never seen God transform. They've never seen whatever. They've never seen addictions broken, people transform, God moving, whatever. And I am telling you that we will see more transformation when there is more purity. And we've got to come back to purity. Come on, pure motives, pure hearts. And it's a fight. It's a fight. Because we chase impure things when we're coping. We chase impure things when we feel small. We chase impure things, listen, when we feel stressed. And I get it. This is common to all of us. I'm not talking to the bad ones. I'm talking to everyone. Come on. We all cope. But the Bible says that if you'll run to me, here's what I'll do. I'll give you strength when you're weak. I'll take the ugly and I'll make it beautiful. I'll take the unsafe and make it safe. I'll begin to change the uselessness and the, and the, and the confusion and the indecision. And it will start to be useful. That's what God offers you. And so today, it's a very clear message. Are you going to clean it out? Are you going to keep it in? You going to clean it out, sir? Come on, listen. Is it time to clean it out? Ma'am, is it time to clean out? And let's create hearts that will honor the Lord and cause us to thrive. So all over this place, come on, come on. Let's just bow our heads. Let's just take a moment. Go ahead. Let's bow our heads and take a moment. Come on, just sing that Jesus part. Jesus.
Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, come on, all vocals. You silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. I am praying that you feel the mercy of God and the love of God go before you. We are not attacking you and we are not belittling you. We are not trying to bring up all the scars of your past and what you've done. But I am telling you that if you will open your heart and give God access, He will begin to change those broken things and make them new. And if you're here today and you're ready to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, the author and finisher of your life, then I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands right where you're at. And I believe you're going to meet mercy and love and grace like you've never known. Come on, if that's you, one, two, three, right where you're at. Come on, I see it. It's good. It's okay. It's okay. If you raise your hand, just pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. I confess the evil things that I've done. Start the transformation in my life and move in my life and start the cleaning in Jesus' name. Amen. Second thing is this. If you're here today and you're saved, listen, you're going to heaven, you're sanctified. Everybody look at me just real quick. When we die, we will come into this great judgment. And there will be a coliseum of all the saints that have gone before us. And there will be a mercy seat. And Jesus will be here. And we will kneel. And every, the Bible says that every knee will bow. Every knee, doesn't matter who it is, what your affiliation is, every knee will bow. The salvation and Jesus' blood covering you is going to get you into heaven. You don't work for that. But there are blessings that are held for those that were fruitful. And the Bible says that Jesus is going to judge one thing. He's going to judge the fruit that remained. And so in that moment, he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? He's going to look at you in that moment, and he's going to challenge the life that you lived. And here's what I'm telling you is, sin always stops fruit. That's why we got to get it out and deal with it. And that's why we deal with it every day not occasionally one or two times a year because God has an incredible calling on your life and if you're here today and you may say you know pastor that's me I'm saved I love the Lord but I got some junk in my trunk you know I got some junk up in here and I need God to begin to remove this from my life come on if that's you I want you to raise your hand come on right here right now let's go it's okay can we be honest in church or are we gonna fake it can we be honest? That's okay. So here's the deal. We all do. And I'm going to pray for you. And then they're going to come and do these announcements. And then we're going to end and we're going to open the altars. 
and we're going to do one little chorus, like 30 seconds, because we know some of y'all got to go. But if you need ministry for what you raised your hand with, we've got people that are willing to pray with you. Don't leave if you need God to touch you in a different way. Come on, does that make sense? Father, right now, God, you know the hurts, the, the, the hang-ups, the habits. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would move that, break that, shift that. God, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you right now that strongholds are being broken, that the doors of hearts are being opened. And we're starting the cleaning process in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.